God's house. The children are dismissed, if anyone's still here. And everyone else, if you would, Psalm number 8. Psalm number 8. We continue. Psalms for the summer. Psalm number 8. God is good. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wonderful thing to be made in the image of God. The cat can't say that, nor can the dog. The ape can't say that, nor can the, the cow. Image of God. There's something very special and unique about being a man or a woman that separates us from creation and the rest of this wonderful creation. You know, oftentimes scholars would have us think otherwise, but their minds have been warped by the fall and so they're darkened in their understanding to the degree of knowing really who they are and why they are here. But it's good to know we were made in the likeness and the image of the Almighty. And even when sin tried to mar that perfection, God the Savior came and redeemed us and restored us and brought us back to where we were supposed to be. So if you would, Psalm Chapter 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord. Is He your Lord? How majestic, how marvelous, how wonderful, how glorious is your name in all the earth. That's why we sing about it. That's why we get happy and shout about it. It's a marvelous name, for He's a marvelous God. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, You have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. You know, your praise silences the enemy of your soul, silences that avenger. That's why the devil hates good praise. Amen? It starts running him off. David writes, when I consider your heavens. I know some of you all do that, don't you? You've told me out there fishing. And you're looking at the beauty of God's creation. And it moves you and it blesses you to see that. Well, David did the same thing. He was a man for God's own heart. He said, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You see, the devil in sin always tries to press man down. Where God in salvation lifts man up. Oh, my. You crowned him with glory and honor. And you made him ruler, the new King James, uh, to have dominion over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. All the flocks, the herds, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish. Of the sea, all that swim in the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Hallelujah. Uses the title this morning, What is Man? Or the Tale of Three Kings. Father, speak to our hearts today. Give us understanding so we can really understand and appreciate who we are in Jesus Christ. That we might walk in that fullness. We might enjoy that privilege. We might carry out that commission. In Jesus' name, everyone said. 
It's a basic message this morning, but I pray that it will instruct and inspire our faith. And our goal really is that, number one, we, we might know that God created us to reign in life, in this life and in the one to come. Certainly that was the um, original intent, and that will be the ultimate ending and conclusion when Christ returns and we rule and reign with our Savior. I want us to feel the, the, the wonder and the joy and the honor that comes from seeing yourself, not through the eyes of maybe a past problem or what humanity would say, but to see yourself through the eyes of God, to enjoy and appreciate the privilege that comes from your high calling and privilege of being a son and daughter in God. And lastly, not only what do we want to know, what do we want to feel, what do we want to do, that, that we might, as we understand this, accept this about ourselves, accept the truth of the gospel and the wonder of the salvation, accept it, believe it over your life, believe the high privilege that is yours in Christ, the position you have, and, and walk in it by the Spirit. Enjoy the privilege, employ the benefits, and exercise the authority that we have in the abundant life Jesus Christ has given us. What is man? You know, people through the years have had different thoughts, different views. What is man? Darwin thought we were animals. and Freud thought we were a spoiled child. And Marx thought maybe we were just an economic factor. And of course, philosophies of men have had different views and false religions have had their views. But the Bible says, that God has had a much higher calling and purpose and privilege for man. And that God wants us to be kings. I mean, He calls us to have dominion under Him, to rule and not to be ruled by these things. He created us to reign in life. And this psalm gives praise to the Creator. Verse 1 and verse 9, it begins and ends. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth gives praise to the Creator for the glory of His creation, but also for the sovereign order of His creation. He created us to rule and reign. It's part of the glory and honor that He has crowned us. Mere men, but He has crowned us with that. Our rule is real, and it's also our destiny in Jesus Christ. Of course, it's not absolute, nor is it independent, but it's in participation as a subordinate under God's rule. It's a gift. It's not a right. Yet the fact remains, and the Bible teaches again and again, we were created a little lower, and we were crowned and chosen to reign as a king under the rule of the King of Kings. Let's remember what man thinks about man may be important, but what God thinks about man is most important. In Psalm 8, David declares that man was a king and God crowned him with glory and honor. Having said this, it's fair for us to ask, then why isn't man acting as a king? Why is he in so much trouble when God gave him authority and God granted dominion? Why do we see men behaving um, more like rebellious fallen slaves than righteous sons and sovereigns? Something has to be wrong. Something has to be wrong. I read a, a story, a comic strip, actually, a little phrase from a comic. The little boy was at the chalkboard, and um, the teacher didn't look too happy. 
And the little boy didn't look too happy. And he said to her, I'm not an underachiever. You're just an over-expector. You ever feel like that in school? Feel like that now? No. And I thought about that as I meditated on our text. God's not an over-expector, but I'll tell you what. He does expect us, the Bible says, to walk worthy of this great calling we have in Jesus Christ. To walk confidently and victoriously and, and obediently carrying out His will and doing His works and being His ambassadors, fulfilling our intended purpose that He ordained from the beginning and that He restored through Jesus Christ. So let's begin. A little bit of history, um, if we could. Number one, God the Father created us to be kings. God the Father. God gave Adam dominion over the earth. And we are created in the image of God with a mind, a will, a heart, a spirit. But sin marred God's image. His mind can't think God's thoughts as it should. His emotions and desires are warped and wrapped up in sin and the fall. His will is rebellious towards the rule of God. And the Bible says His Spirit is dead in transgressions and sins. Look, if you would, Genesis 1, 26-28. First thought of this introduction, God the Father created us to be kings. That's why abortion is such a horrible, terrible thing. Created in the image of God. To, to rule and reign under God. That's our, that was our intended purpose. And sin always mars and destroys that which is perfect and beautiful that God has ordained and intended. Then God said, let us make man in our likeness and let them rule. The New King James, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. It's a terrible thing when you're dominated by a, a, a flower, a tobacco, or by a booze, a, a barley. When God called you to have dominion over Anyhow, another sermon for another day. Ah. In our likeness, let them rule, have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, the livestock, over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. And God blessed them. And God said, be fruitful. Increase in numbers. I'm real well. Uh, fill the earth. Subdue it. Subdue it. Have dominion over it. To have dominion over you. Rule over the fish of the sea and birds of the air. And over every living creature that moves on the ground. God the Father created us. To be kings. In fact, if you go back to Genesis, he even brought all the animals to Adam. He said, go ahead, Adam. You have dominion. You name them. He let Adam name the animals. Oh, man. Secondly, God the Son, he redeemed us to be kings. The tragedy of man's rejecting Christ as Savior is that he goes through life more as a slave and not a son or a sovereign. Because of his rebellion, man lost dominion. But Jesus Christ, through His death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, has regained what Adam lost. He redeemed us by His blood. 
He reconciled us back to the Father, back to that place of peace and proper relationship. He restored us to sonship, granting us righteousness and authority and power, giving us access to God that the fall had banished, giving us authority from God that our rebellion had destroyed, giving us, above all, acceptance from God. For now, He sees us not in the state of a sinful mess that we once were, but now He sees us through the blood of His own Son, clothed in a righteousness with a purity that only God Himself can grant. God the Father created us to be King. God the Son redeemed us to be kings. And Jesus reigns today and one day, One glad morning, we're going to reign with Him forever and forever. But thirdly, God the Holy Spirit has anointed us and He empowers us to live like kings. It's no longer I that live, but the Christ lives in me. In the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. And it's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that conquered death, hell, and the grave. That Spirit is within me to enable me to live this life, to to, to walk worthy and to work effectively and productively for my King and my God and to war triumphantly as I fight my good fight of faith. This is a beautiful psalm. God created us. God cares for us. And God has crowned us with glory and honor that we might walk underneath Him doing His works carrying out His will, being His representatives. What a glorious thought. God the Father created us to be kings. So if you're saved today, you should have a wonderful self-esteem because it's not birthed in um, your humanness. It's birthed in what Christ has done and how Christ has restored you and Christ has put you back in the right place with God and you're made by God and you're made for God. And when God looks at you, like from the beginning, He says it is good, it is very good, for He sees the blood. Can you say amen? God the Father created us to be kings, but the disobedience of our first parents robbed us of our crowns. God the Son came to earth to restore and to redeem us and to bring us back to sonship and righteousness and kingship. And now God the Holy Spirit, as we stay filled with that Spirit and walk by the Spirit, empowers us to reign in life, to walk in the victory, to walk in that glory that God intended from the start. My friend, when you crown Jesus as Lord of all and you walk with Him in sincerity, you enter into a new life, you you gain a new status, you have a new standing before the Almighty, you're able to exercise the new authority and you have a new power and a new joy and a new understanding to live this life knowing who you are and why you were created and where you're going. Can you say amen? What is man? David's having a time of praise out there looking at the beauty of God's creation. He says, man, this is awesome. And God, you put us over it. What is man that you are mindful of him? Wow. Number one, we have King Adam. King Adam. 
starting at the beginning to understand what man is and what man is supposed to do, we have King Adam. Man was created by God. We read Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Now, if you would, Psalm 100 in verse 3. Man was created by God. Man was created by God. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who created us. You didn't come here by accident. You weren't created by accident. Your mommy and daddy could have, could have produced you in sin, but that was no accident. It's God is the giver of life. And you can't be alive unless the Almighty allowed you to be alive. And if you're alive today, you're alive because God loves you and God desires you. And God's got a good plan for your life. Sin might have marred it. Men might try to abuse you and abandon you. But the God, the Creator of the heavens and earth, He loved you to such a measure that He sent His Son to die just for you that you might not only be forgiven, but that you might be healed and your heart might be put back together again and you might walk with this God knowing who you are, having a great self-esteem in Jesus Christ and walking in the fullness thereof. Can you say amen? King Adam, man was created by God. No, the Lord is God. It is He who made us. We are His. I like belonging to Him. For if you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, holy nation, a people belonging to, I belong to God. That gives you a good night's sleep. Can you say amen? He's got to take care of me. He's stuck with me. Amen. I wouldn't have picked me up, but he picked me up. And now that he picked me up, I'm his, and he got to take care of me. I'm sleeping good. Amen? I belong to God. Woo! Hallelujah. But I don't know what to do. That's all right. The one I serve, he knows everything. I belong to God. But I feel weak. That's all right. The one I serve has got all power and might. I belong. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. You know, Dr. Tony Evans writing about creation said something to the effect it is it is natural for us to assume that if we see a watch there has to be a watchmaker evolution evolution would have us to believe that we can take the contents of the watch and just throw them up in the air and expect them to fall down precisely in correct order in position and automatically start now this creation <laughs> It is He who made us. We didn't evolve from an ape, no amoeba, or anything like that. In fact, man is the climax of creation. The creature for which everything else was created. Because man is created by God, he has a personal dependence on God and a personal responsibility to God. He has a personal dependence on God. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. Speaking of our... By Him all things were created, including you. Things in heaven, things on earth. Visible, invisible. Whether they're thrones, powers, rulers, authorities. All things by Him and for Him. You were created for God. God wants you to know that. You weren't created as an act of, you were created for God. He wants you to know that this morning. Now, verse 17, we will exhort a little later on this, but I love this verse. 
He is before all things. And here it is. In Jesus Christ. In Him. In Him. All things hold together. Your sanity holds together. Your marriage holds together. Your ministry holds together. Jesus Christ. Oh, glory to God. Because man is created by God, he has a personal dependence on God. And he has a personal responsibility to God. Every one of us one day will give an account to God. We'll be ju- Whether we like it or not, the fact is the creature cannot escape or ignore his creation forever. That's why it's so important that we must take this time to respond and make peace with our creator and our God. That's why today the Bible says it's called the day of grace. This is coming a day you can run from God and you can do your own thing. You can do that. You have a free will. But there's coming a day when the creature will stand before the Creator. He will be held accountable and He will be judged. It is appointed for a man. One time, two, and then come. So that is why it is of greatest importance that we do not waste this day of grace. But we take this time when the gospel is preached. We take this time when the arms of God are open that whosoever will. It doesn't matter what you've done or how many times you've tried, you failed. If you'll come, He'll receive you. If you believe in Him, He'll forgive you. But please don't waste or ignore this moment of grace to make things right and have peace with your creator. Man is created by God. He has a personal dependence on God. I need God. I was made in His image. Without God, everything falls apart. And I have a responsibility to God. Man was created in God's image. Personality. Spirituality. No accident. But God created man in His own image. A divine design by the divine designer. A specific purpose and place in creation. We are separate and we are distinct from the rest of creation. Hallelujah. Man was created for God's glory. And man was created to rule over God's creation. Again, when we look at verses 3, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars which you have set in place. What is man that you're mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower and you crowned him with glory. You made him ruler. God crowned man with glory and honor. And he gave him dominion. And this so moved and amazed David. As he contemplates the place of man in this vast universe. He looks up into the night and he's so impressed with the transcending glory of God and creation. A greatness that's far above the heavens, yet can still be grasped and appreciated by a little child. He says, from the lips and children and infants, you've ordained praise. I was reading the other day, uh, one time, Napoleon, the, the, the emperor and the great military general of France, was aboard a ship with the troops out in the Mediterranean. It was a clear night, and the stars were brilliant and shining, and the moon was out, and 
he was on deck and he was walking past a small group of officers who were mocking the idea of a supreme being, of, of, of a, a God of creation. And they mocked God of creation. What a joke. And with that, he had stopped and stared at them. And of course, when Napoleon looks your way, everyone looks back and he looked at them and then he kind of swept his hand across the, the night and he said, gentlemen, first, you must get rid of these. You must get rid of these. I don't know if Napoleon knew much about the Bible, but I do know that David in Psalm 19 said, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord and the skies declare His handiwork. Oh, folks, God is so magnificent. He created the world and He hung the stars. Yet, as awesome as God is, a little child can understand and appreciate and praise Him. Oh, my, my, my. The God who can overwhelm us by revealing Himself and the power and the glory and the awesomeness of His creation can be known in the heart of a child. You want to know God? Do you really want to be right with God? Humble yourself like a child and your eyes will be awakened to see the handiwork and the glory and the splendor of God all around you. It's there for whoever has an eye to see and an ear to hear. King Adam created and crowned to rule and have dominion under God. But he lost his crown. He had to abdicate that throne, driven from the garden. Why? Because as long as man was ruling under the authority of God and the will of God uh, for the glory of God, all was well. But when man went his own way, threw off God's rule and disobeyed God's command, then everything started to fall apart. We read that in Colossians 1 and 17. In Him all things hold together. But friend, don't ever forget it. Lives come apart. Lives come unraveled when Jesus Christ is not in His proper place. Dreams and destinies, sanity, ministries, marriages fall apart, begin to come undone when Jesus Christ, the one who holds all these things together, when His will is ignored, when His rule is neglected, when His limits, His divine order, are shrugged off. When we forget we're kings, but yet we're kings under the King of kings. Adam's great problem came in that he didn't like the limits God set on his life. A lot of Christians get in trouble with that. I enjoy being a king, and I certainly enjoy knowing God, but, 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 but I don't want a limit. Don't tell me, I can. why can't I eat that? Why can't I go there? Why can't I do that? When we forget, though we are kings, and though He crowned us, and though He has redeemed us with precious blood, and that He has filled us with His very own Spirit, and trusted to us His name and His word, Yet I still must submit my life, my will, and my ways under His guidance, under His governorship, under His rule, and under His reign. And the minute I begin to ignore, step away from His limits, 
I begin to sever his life from my life. I begin to fall back, and all of a sudden the shame returns. All of a sudden that which was clear thinking begins to get cloudy. All of a sudden that which brought me joy is no longer pleasing. Sin had marred God's image in man. Robbed man of God's glory, stole his crown, separated him from his creator. Sovereignty was lost. Innocence was lost. Clear thinking was lost, replaced by shame. Separation, sorrow, a sense of confusion. Now, when there was once that great desire and yearning to talk with God and love God and be with God, now there was an urge to hide and cover. Because sin separates and sin severs. Even kings. All creation felt and suffered the effects when King Adam lost his crown. In fact, Romans 8 tells us that the creation groans because Adam lost his crown. That that, that humanity, we groan this day. We ache in our hearts as we see death come upon even the righteous. And we groan with one another. And we weep with one another because Adam lost his crown. The Holy Spirit groaned. Jesus wept. Outside Lazarus's tomb, not because he wasn't fully aware and confident that he was going to raise him up, but he wept because he knew this is not the way it was supposed to be. This was not the world God intended it to be. Something had to be done. Thank God, King Jesus came to restore what King Adam lost. Can you say Amen? This is where my Creator becomes my Redeemer. Jesus Christ. Jesus came to earth as a man. Oh God and oh man. He came that He might restore us and reconcile us. That means bring us back to peace and harmony with the living God. He came to take back what Adam had sold out and lost. He came back and He did. He accomplished. On the cross He cried, it is finished. On resurrection Sunday the Father said, Amen to that Son. He came and He did that work. And you and I this morning are recipients of King Jesus coming and restoring and taking back what Adam had sold out. We are recipients of His glorious triumph. Revelation 1 and 5 and 6. Revelation 1. The New King James 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, firstborn from among the dead, and ruler over the kings of the earth, to Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. Aren't you glad you're washed this morning? Amen. Oh, glory to God. And has made us kings and priests to God, the Father Him be glory and dominion forever and forever. Amen. Romans 5 and 11. Romans 5 and 11. Hallelujah. Not only in this, but we rejoice. We rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Now we have reconciliation. We rejoice. 
We walk confidently. We have joy unspeakable and full of glory. We sing songs that are positive and full of power and praise because we recognize that even now we rejoice in what we presently have in Jesus Christ. We are reconciled. We are no longer separated from God. We have been reconciled and now we are sons and now we are daughters and now we can walk and free from the shame, knowing that that precious blood has blotted out our transgressions, knowing that we're no longer outside the covenant. Now we're inside the covenant. We can walk with the confidence knowing now, in Jesus' name, we can take the victory. Now, by the authority of God's Word, we can carry out God's works in the earth and we can walk in the dominion God has called us to, waiting for that day. Jesus, Jesus. He came to earth to take back what Adam had lost. He came and he exercised dominion. Dominion had so much to do with the first Adam's call. We read that in Genesis. But Jesus came and exercised dominion over nature and over animals, over disease, over demons, even over death. He came and he exercised that dominion and lived that sinless, perfect life. And then He went to the cross to die for us, a willing sacrifice, a loving sacrifice, a sinless sacrifice to free us, to wash us, to save us, and to restore us. Where Adam's sin and disobedience plunged us in the entire race in this place of sin and separation and death, King Jesus and His obedience to death on the cross brought us back to that place of right standing, forgiveness and sonship, eternal and abundant life. And whosoever will can take part of this great salvation. Whosoever will can respond. It won't happen automatically. It won't happen by accident or osmosis. But if you will come to Christ, if you'll receive Him and personally give your life to Him, You can become a son of God. You can be restored to your proper place that God had ordained from the beginning for your life. It's only through Jesus. It's only through Him that we can come and receive and begin to recover the sense of who we are and why we're here. Some people are always trying to find themselves. Come to Jesus. You'll find yourself. And you find God. One can never understand or recover it any other way, for there's only one name under heaven given to man, whereby we must be saved, we can be saved, and we can once again understand why we're here and what is our purpose and our destiny as men. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, not just a mental assent, but a true committing of one's life to Him, He pays the penalty for our sins. He brings us back to proper relationship with our Creator and our God. And then we begin, then the lights come on. And we begin to understand and we begin to walk in the understanding of who we really are, why we've been created, and what is our purpose, our privilege, our destiny as sons and daughters. It should inspire a healthy esteem in each one of us to know we're sons and daughters of God. That God so loved us, He sent His only begotten Son for us. And that God has a plan and a purpose. Before in our mother's womb, He knew us and He loved us and He chose us. 
He's got a great future for us. It ought to fuel uh, confident expectation in life that this life is not just it's going somewhere. We're about something. We're part of the family of God. We're going to reign and rule forever with Jesus. It inspires us to action as obedient ambassadors and representatives of God wherever you walk. Like Adam walked in dominion. You walk into that workplace as God's child, as God's representative, as God's ambassador, knowing heaven, being filled with the Spirit of God, having the Word of God to declare and the mind of God in which to touch lives. Through Jesus Christ, we are rescued. From the fall's curse, we are reconciled to our Heavenly Father. We're restored back to the privilege of, 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 of reigning in life. Revelation, uh, Romans 5 and 17. Romans 5 and 17. For if trespass one King Adam, King Adam, he put us in a mess, didn't he? But then again, there we probably do the same thing. For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man. Adam's death touched the whole race, only men. How much more, think about it, if what Adam did affected it, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace, you've got to receive God's abundant, it's abundant provision, amen? Not this little devil do you stuff. When you come to him, he's got all you need and then some. But anyway, much more, how much more? If the curse had power, how much more the blessing? If sin has power, how much more the Savior? How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace, that's Jesus, and the gift of righteousness, that reign, underline, reign in life. Through the one man, Jesus Christ. Woo! If Adam can sink it, Jesus can write it. Can you say amen? If Adam can plunge us here, Jesus, He's the glory and the lifter of our head where sin defiles and sin destroys and sin tries to mar and beat us up physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Jesus Christ and His great salvation lifts us up, heals us, restores us, revives us. Oh, blessed be His name forevermore. And, and we reigning Christ. Now here it is. Reigning. We know it's coming that day. We understand there is coming a day of no more sickness, sorrow, shame, or sin. We know there's coming a day when the trumpet of God will sound and Jesus Christ will return. We will be caught up together with Him in the air. We will rule and we will reign forever. But until then, He didn't call us to be broke, busted, and disgusted. He didn't call us just to, we'll go through life. Woe with me. No! He said, you can reign. I come to give you life. And that more abundantly said that. We can reign in Christ. We can reign. Until then, we can reign. Until then. We reign in Christ. Though all around us is fallen world. Fallen creatures. But because... We're a new creation. You see, I'm no longer, I still got my old body, but I got a new spirit, and I'm not totally with that old creation no more. I'm a new creature. Amen? Because of Jesus, we're a new creations, and we can reign in life. No need to live like a slave when you're a son. No need to be walking in confusion. You can have clarity, frustration. You can have victory. Hallelujah. We're going to do this quick. Number one, when I come to Christ, when I am born again, 
my status and my standing is now going to reign. It's status. It's stand. I might still look as ugly as ever, but when I get saved, I have a new status. Isn't that right? I have a new status. I got a promote. You get a promotion. You know the owner of the company can come in and say, you know what? What are you? You're out there doing this? Guess what? You're the new vice president of this company. That's all it took. Didn't change one bit. Never even took a course. President can do that, can he? Owner can do that. When I, he saw the light, Jesus said, you know, you were sin and slave and you were back. You know what? Now you're a daughter. You ring on that clothes, righteousness. Amen. Put that ring on the finger. Put some shoes on. You are. Woo! Man, I still struggle, but now my status has changed. You know what it is. You're working with that guy. He's a knucklehead. You're working, but somehow or not, he gets the promotion. Next day, he's the boss. Now I got to listen to this. I wouldn't give him the time of day. Now he tells me what to do. What happened? Status changed. He's still as dumb and ugly as yesterday. Come on. Say amen. You know? I'm trying to understand what status is. See, we, we mess up in our thing because oh, I've got I to be better, better, better. It's good to work on being better. But once I get saved, status changes. I'm not earning status. I got it in Jesus. Now once I'm there, I'm growing. My status. And my standing changed. Sin no longer has to have dominion. Let's look at Ephesians 2, 6. There's so many verses, so many verses. I'll watch the clock so you don't have to. How about that? Amen. Hallelujah. Before this, the verses are going to talk about being dead in transgressions and sins. That was my old stat. I was dead in sin. I was still walking around, but my insides were dead. I that's why I did stupid things. That's why I did shameful things. That's why I do things that now I regret. And because I was dead, spiritually. I wasn't alive spiritually. I didn't have understanding spiritually. Amen? I moved by the impulse of the natural man. Very self-natural man. See? But now I'm born again. Wow. But because of his great love for us, not because of my worthiness, not because of what I did, but because of His great love, God, who is rich in mercy. Isn't that wonderful? I need mercy. I'm glad God's rich in mercy. Amen? I mean, sometimes I think I take all this, but I need mercy. Amen? Look at that next verse. He made us alive. I was dead. I'm alive now with Christ. Even while I was dead. But it's by grace that I've been saved. Now, what happens when I'm saved? What about this raining bit? What's this raining? And God raised us up with Christ. What did he do? He seated us. Not he shall seat me. He has seated me. Get that? I'm talking and my status as a son. I know I'm still becoming. I know I'm not working at all. But my status. He, he makes you the president tomorrow. You still it. You haven't taken a course. Amen. Didn't even get your card changed. You it. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ and Jesus. Status. Hallelujah. Wow. So, so I'm reigning in Christ. I reign. Romans 5, 17 says we reign in Christ. If I've received that abundant provision, I guess I can reign. That means my status has changed. Don't think of yourself as a slave when you're a son. Don't think of yourself as an old failure when God said you're more than a conqueror. Amen? Don't think of yourself as someone that is this and that. When God said, you're my chosen one, my esteemed one. Hallelujah. I 
I can now reign. I have status of reigning. But now I can reign. Right now, presently, I can reign in my conduct and in my character. Now, this is what we've got to work on here. Romans 6 and 12, and then we'll look at 14. And there's so many scriptures. Therefore, now that I'm saved, don't let sin reign. Wait, I'm saved now. So there's a new sheriff in town. Amen? Before, all I could do was sin. I was an old sinner. Amen? I did sin. Amen? But now I've got new born again, new status. There's a new Lord on this phone. So now there's someone new running the thing. So therefore, do not let sin reign. Sin don't have to reign in my life anymore. I don't have to live like that anymore. I don't have to bow reigning. It doesn't, that thing don't have to rule me anymore. By Christ, through His blood, I can rule over it. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, this whole body, so that you obey its evil desires. I don't got to say those terrible things anymore. I don't have to feel or do those terrible things. I don't, no, 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 no. New status. New spirit. It's a new reign. What's 14 said? We're just going to jump to 14. For sin, New King James is going to say, shall not have dominion. Back to that word dominion. Remember, we're supposed to have dominion. Sin takes away dominion. Jesus Christ is restoring dominion. That's why those people that are lost, that's why they're found their drugs and their alcohol and perversion. They're still slaves to sin. They need to come to Jesus to have that chain broken where they can be elevated as a son of God and begin to walk over those things. But here it says, now, I don't have to let sin reign, for sin shall not be your master. Now that you're a son, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. You don't have to live like that. You can overcome that by the power of Jesus within you because you are not under law. You're under grace now. And grace gives us a power what the law couldn't do. All the law could do is say, Joe, this is how you fail. This is how you fall short. This is where you miss it again and again. But grace enables me and elevates me that I can live the law. I can walk above the law. I can walk as God has me to walk. What is man that thou art mindful? We can reign. You can reign. You've got to recognize you have a status and a standing as a son and daughter of God. That ought to make you feel good. That ought to put some step in your step. Amen. Some confidence. Amen. That means, number one, in your character and in your conduct, you can live right. Isn't that wonderful? Sin doesn't have to embarrass you or control you no more. You don't have to lose another job to that. You don't have to go through another relationship because of your, you know, all your waywardness. But you can walk pure. You can walk in the love of God now. My character and my conduct, even my circumstances and my conflicts. I mean, Romans 8 and 11 says, the same Spirit that raised Christ dwells in us. Galatians 2 and 20 says, now it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ lives in me. If Jesus lives in me, guess what? I can overcome this conflict. Amen? I, I can overcome in this battle. I've been crucified with Christ. Identification. Identification. No longer live, but guess what? Christ lives in me. In the life I live, Son of God loved me and died. Gave himself for me. My circumstances and conflicts, I can reign. I can reign. I can do all things, Philippians 4 and 10, 13, through Christ. All things through Christ. I can put on the whole armor of God, Ephesians 6, and take my stand. We can reign in life 
through Jesus Christ. Perfection will come then, but now we can still have victory. Now we can still enjoy the wonderful salvation He's given us. Hallelujah. My status and my standing, my character and my conduct, my circumstances and my conflicts. We get another one. My commission and my calling. You can fulfill your calling. Jesus said to the group that walked with me, said the education is not enough, the experience is not enough, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you'll carry out that commission. Then you'll fulfill your calling. You know, whatever your calling is in life, it might be to, to raise those grandkids because life has thrown that at you. It, it might be to be the only safe person on that job and to be a light. It might be to take on a challenge and expecting. But whatever God's called you to do, you can do it not by your own strength, but by the strength of God in you, flowing through you. Jesus said, you shall receive power after my Spirit comes upon you. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you can walk out, you can do, you can complete the task God has assigned for your life. You can reign in life regardless of what the circumstance. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. Isn't it wonderful to be a child of God? We began, we said we simply wanted to do these three things. Our prayer was that we all might know that God created us to reign in life, in this life and in the one to come. Creation and redemption. It was the original intent of God. It will be the ultimate destiny of saved men to rule and to reign. we got something to look forward to, don't we? <laughs> it's going to be something else. But we also wanted, I, I pray that you feel the real joy, the wonder. I hope you, you feel the, the greatness of privilege. The honor that God has bestowed that you're a son of God. You're a child of God. Oh, I'll make you feel good. It's a high and holy privilege, but it's yours. And God has given it to you freely by the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And I hope that, what can we do? I hope we can walk in this. I hope that after we really believe this and accept this, we can live life with a greater confidence and stability and certainty, a feeling of a greater spiritual significance in Christ, that we can enjoy. You're saved. Enjoy the privilege of being saved. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I was redeemed. You see, we enjoy the privilege and we employ the benefits. Enjoy the benefits you have in Christ. Lay claim to them and walk in them. And then exercise that authority. Recognize you were made by God. You were made for God. God has a plan and purpose for your life right where you're at. Let Him use you. Let Him speak through you and touch through you. Be His ambassador and let His power use your life as a wonderful instrument in His hand to reach others, to expand His kingdom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's stand. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to pray our prayer. We're going to open the altars. If you're here today and you have not surrendered your life to King Jesus, don't wait another moment. Come and say, Jesus, I want to enter into all that I was created to enter into. I want to be what I was made to be. I don't want to struggle and walk in circles and confusion anymore. I want to know my God and know why I'm here and what His plan is for my life. And You'll only find that in Jesus. He said, come unto me all. You're weary, you're tired. Come unto me that need rest. 
from your confusion and frustration. And I'll give you a rest. Take my yoke upon you. Just come and submit to me. And you'll begin to learn from me. And you'll be able to receive from me. And you'll be able to understand why you're here. And the great love and desire and plan God has for your life. But it starts as we come. So if things aren't right between you and your Creator, now's the time to come and say, Lord Jesus, I make a fresh surrender. From this day forward, I want to walk in it. Help me to know you better. Help me to walk in the fullness and the purpose you have for my life. Here today, and you just need to have a need. You need to be healed. You need to be filled. You're just going through something. You just need brothers and sisters to pray with you. Fresh strength and encouragement. Well, take the opportunity. Come and we'll pray one for another. Believing for God's refreshing and God's reviving. Bow your hearts, Father. We thank you for the wonderful privilege. The multiple privileges we have in Jesus Christ. Father God, we, love, we thank you that you loved us when we were lost. You loved us when we had strayed. You loved us. When we were dead in our sins, you loved us and you reached down and you rescued us. The arm of your amazing grace found us and you picked us up, washed us in your precious blood, gave us a new heart, gave us life, opened our eyes. Thank you, Father, for the great salvation and for the abundant life we have in Jesus. Now, Father, help us to enjoy it, to understand it, to really appreciate it, to employ it as we live, to exercise the authority we have and the reason we have. Help us to be faithful, Lord, to carry out our calling. And now, Father, I pray, touch those who have a need, whatever it might be. Father, in the name of Jesus, whether it be physical, emotional, mental. Father God, in the name of Jesus, touch those that have a need today. Heal them. Free them. And Father, fill afresh those that are hungry and thirsty for more of you. Those that might feel weary, give them refreshing. Those that have just come in and they just want more of you. Oh God, as they look to you, fill them afresh. Let your river of life fill their cup. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, move powerfully at this altar. Minister fresh grace to each and every hungry and responsive heart. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, let's worship the Lord. If you need prayer, come and let God touch you. Let God work in your life.